Good morning. How's everybody doing? Doing good? Awesome. While I just get set up real quick, chat amongst the people around you, and I'm trying to think of a question we should ask. What about, I'm trying, we did this in the first service. Yeah, tell, tell everybody where your favorite burger is from. Ready, go. Whatever. All right, here we go. I feel like I'm going to get a decent amount of hate for this one, especially from Dan Calhoun, our youth pastor, but the only right answer is in and out Right? Wow. Someone down here said Wendy's. I'm like, oh, they need to get saved. All right, if you have your Bibles, here we go. Turn to Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5. Mark 5, starting in verse 21. We're going to read through to verse, we'll go to 34. When Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came, and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. He pleaded earnestly with him, My little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her, that she will be healed and live. So Jesus went with him. A large crowd followed and pressed around him, and a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors, and had spent all that she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. Because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately, her bleeding stopped, and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding against you, his disciples answered, and yet you can ask, who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing that had, knowing that, that had happened to her, came and fell at his feet and trembling with fear and told him the whole truth. He said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for church. I thank you for Sundays that we, we get to be here and learn from you and learn from your word, Lord. I pray that you soften the hearts of every person in this room today, Lord, and I pray that your Holy Spirit will convict and will speak to them. And it's all for your glory, Jesus. Amen. Amen. So I'm, I'm super pumped to be speaking today, and it's by coincidence that I'm speaking this week, but Today actually marks exactly two years of me being on staff here, and so that was really special to be up here today. 
It's been an amazing two years, um, and I wish I could tell you everything that's been going down, but um, Unified is back this Thursday, um, so if you're a college student, make sure you're there. Thursday night, 8 o'clock, I'm super pumped to get the summer program started, but um, and while that I've been on staff for two years, in three weeks, it will mark me being married for a year, which is awesome, so pumped, but... I could tell you a bunch of different ways that I've, I've changed since being married. But one of them is like really obvious to me, and it's that I actually don't mind cleaning anymore. And I like desire a clean house. And um, my mom's probably like, wow, it took, I was, uh, you, I, she had me for 20 plus years, and she couldn't get that down, and I've been living with Eleanor for a year, and now it's all good, but... Um, <laughs> I was a big believer, and I hope there's more of you out there, of the whole, why make your bed if you're going to get back into it at the end of the day, you know? I was, I, was, I was all about that, but now I make my bed. I'm a clean guy. I'm grown up, or I'm just scared of my wife. It's one of them. But something about Eleanor is she, she is the definition of a clean freak. Like, she loves to clean. She's one of those people where it's like, if I've had a bad day at work, I'm going to come home and clean the house because it'll help me. I'm like, what? Like, cleaning is her therapy. She loves to, she just loves to do all that. And so that's kind of rubbed off on me, but something she also likes to do is she likes to watch videos on people just cleaning. Like, she'll sit there <laughs> And just watch them clean. She's like, it's so satisfying. I'm like, and she'll like, she'll take tips from these people and learn about what they use to clean and how they clean. And I'm like, I just get the, I just scrub it. And but she, she's rubbed that off of me really well. But um, I, the reason I mentioned that, and although that it's a funny joke, and that's how I definitely have changed. But something that that has always intrigued me about how Jesus talks in the scriptures and. What he, how he says that he saved us is that he cleanses us. That's something that I've always resonated with and I love to hear that Jesus cleanses us. And there's nothing like feeling really dirty and then coming back clean. And so I was thinking of 1 John 1 verse 9. It says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful to forgive us of, us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I'm going to be getting into this story today, and I'm not going to hit much on Jairus and his daughter. I'm going to focus on the woman and what it was and how she was cleansed in a way that we'll never be able to imagine. But this is one of the most well-known narratives in all the Bible. It's one of my favorites. It's in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. It's not in John, but luckily we're in Mark because... Mark goes into the most detail, but I want to first touch on actually how this woman will have been feeling. So I'm going to go to a verse in Leviticus, and it, this it's kind of a graphic verse, um, and it's kind of, you know, pretty intense, but it's good for you. So Leviticus chapter 15, verse 25 says, and bear in mind, this woman has been dealing with an issue of bleeding for 12 years says, when a woman has a discharge of blood for many days other than her monthly period 
or has a, gis- a discharge that continues beyond her period, she will be unclean as long as the discharge and the days continue. Any bed she lies on will continue to be unclean. Anything she lies on will be unclean and anything she sits on will be unclean. Anyone who touches her will be unclean. They must wash their clothes and bathe with water and they will be unclean till evening. It's, it's pretty much confirmed by a lot of scholars and it's obvious really that this is what the woman would have been going through. That she has a suffering that she didn't place on herself. She didn't decide to bleed for 12 years. But that's what the suffering she was given, is what she had to deal with. But can you imagine that on top of dealing with a horrible suffering like that, you have to now be given a name that is unclean. This woman is left unnamed. We don't, we don't know her name. It's not in any of the gospels of what her name was. All we know is that she was unclean. Imagine that that's your life. That not only are you going through every day with a horrible, horrible kind of suffering, that you're bleeding every day, but then you also have to identify with a name of ceremonially unclean. That everything you sit on will then be unclean. Every bed you'll ever lie on, unclean. Nobody can touch you, because if they touch you, they're unclean too. Imagine this for one day, never mind 12 years. This woman was in the heat of suffering. So this woman was most likely Jewish. The Jew, uh, Jesus and his disciples were on the, sea, were on the side of sea, the Sea of Galilee that was mostly Jewish. They'd just been on the other side, which was mostly Gentiles, and now they're back here. So this woman knew this. This woman knew that this is what I'm going through, and I cannot be around anybody because I am unclean. So let me get personal for a second. Do you feel that way? Do you feel like you're going through any kind of suffering right now that maybe you have placed on yourself through your actions or this is just a suffering that you're going through and it's out of your control? But what's come from that suffering is now that you identify as that suffering. Does the issue feel like your identity? We don't know this woman's name. All that we know her identity was, was unclean. So what's your suffering today? Do you give yourself the name of, I'm depressed? Do you give yourself the name, I'm anxious? I'm addicted. I'm a failure. I'm divorced. I'm infertile. I'm sick. I'm lonely. I'm jobless. I'm unlovable. Is that something that you identify as today? That your suffering is everything that you are. That you own that. That everyone knows that this is who you are. What is it that's making you feel so dirty and you feel so unclean to even come before God with it? If that's how you feel this morning, I've been there. And I'm glad you're here. 
Another thing that stood out to me in this, in this narrative, and this is just stunning to me, is that this narrative is just slightly placed within kind of a bigger story. Is that Jesus was on his way to do something else. Jairus had come before him and was like, my daughter's dying, please come and heal her. And Jesus is on his way. And what you have to remember about Jairus is he was the synagogue leader. He's a very significant man amongst those people. So what does this show me about Jesus? Is that he came for all people. Why? He's on his way to go and heal a daughter of a significant person in the culture, a synagogue leader, but stops in his tracks to heal a person who is the opposite of that and named unclean. Jesus comes for everyone and everyone in between them. That he do, nothing is so out of his touch. That don't you, don't you think sometimes, oh, maybe like, oh, Jesus felt that woman touch him and she was healed. He could have just carried on and did his thing, but he chose to stop. He chose to stop and acknowledge her. Maybe you're in that boat today. That you're like, I'm not significant enough for God to notice me for God to help me through my suffering. There's more important people. I've been dealing with this for too long. He's given up on me. Do you look like Jesus in this way? Ask the Holy Spirit today, if you reflect this character of Jesus, follower of Jesus, do you look like this? Or do you have a line of where your love stops? Is there a kind of people, a kind of person, or someone who used to be in your life that your love stops there? What kind of people do you treat as unclean? Ask yourself that today. It's a hard question to ask, and I had to as well, and the Holy Spirit convicted me of where I do that. But what kind of people or person are you treating as unclean today? That you're so fixated on, I'm going to focus on the more significant people. The people who look like me, talk like me, act like me, believe the same things as me, are so in line with every single way of life that I do. Those are my people. Those are who I bring the gospel to. Those are who I bring the love of Jesus to. But the other people, they're not my problem. If you look like that, you don't look like Jesus. You look like the crowd. What's your line of love today? Does your line of love stop at politics? Does your line of love stop at your preferred methods of how to do church? Ah, oh, they didn't do my favorite songs. They don't do these things like they used to. They don't do, do, do this all about me, 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 me. Where is your line of love? Because if I see Jesus... He didn't have one. He came for all of mankind. This woman could have easily been a complete distraction to Jesus. He's on his way to eventually heal a dead girl. This is the most significant thing he'd done in his ministry so far. He was on his way and he knew this was coming. This could have been a distraction. Oh, some random unclean woman touched me. But he stopped in his tracks. Are you willing to stop in your tracks? Or are you so fixated on a goal that you want? That goal that you want, 
might be so far away and you're missing to see what's around you because you're so ready to be there. What's here? I'm just going to be honest, church. This is how it is, and I know this is just how church goes, and sometimes you want to sit alone, but there's too many seats in this church that are in between people. Why don't we sit together? The people who come and you show up and you sit in your same seat every single week, be with people. It's this, this not just for something, this is not something you just show up to, sing your songs, hear the message, and leave. That's what the crowd was doing. They were just like, we're crowding around Jesus. We don't care about what's going on around us. What are you so fixated on that you're forgetting to look left and right and forward and behind you? Is it work, 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 but your home is suffering? Is it I focus on my people, my friends, my family, but those homeless people, they're not my problem? What is it today? Maybe you're on the other end of this and you're like, yeah, like, there's seats in between me and other people because, you know what, I'm suffering alone. And I do feel unclean because I can't be around people. What I'm going through isn't, isn't worthy of being around these good people. You might be agreeing with me right now that Jesus came for all people. Right? It's easy to agree with that statement. Yeah, I know Jesus came for all people. But I've been there and I've been hearing a message of someone saying, Jesus came for all people. He loves you and he loves everyone in it. But I sat in that seat and heard it and agreed with what that person is saying. But I didn't think I fit in that category. Have you been there? Where you can easily just sit there and you're like, I agree with everything this person is saying, but I don't fit. That's what that woman would have been feeling. So funny, funny story, but when I was growing up and in my school, there was a lot of fights, a lot of fist fights, and it was awesome, and it was even funnier when the girls would fight, but something that would happen at our school, a fight breakout, everyone runs over, everyone runs over, and no one, no one tries to split it up, everyone's just like watching it, everyone's loving it, everyone's just trying to soak it in before all the teachers come and split it up, but I remember this one time where I heard, everyone heard the noise. People started running and crowding over. I was kind of late to the party and I'm running over there. And I was trying to get through to see what was going on. I didn't know if it was a fight yet. But I was trying to get through this crowd and see what was going on. And I remember this guy, he would not let me through. Like it, I was trying to come this way and he just kept going like this. He would not let me past him. And so I talked to him, I was like, what's going on? Like I can't see, like what's happening? And he was like, I don't really know, but this is where I'm standing. And I was like, you're, stu you're stood here for what? <laughs> That's in my head, right? But sometimes I really feel like we can be that way. That you, you can show up to church, you can show up to the churchy things, the Bible studies, the small groups, all this, fill in the blank. And you can simply be so passionate about holding your spot in this crowd, but you have no care to actually look at what the source of why the crowd's there. You're just like, I'm just following it. Are you simply just being that today? That you're so like, this is, this is me, this is how I do it. No one can come by me. And I don't even know what's happening over there, but I know I need to be stood here. 
What if today you met somebody new and you prayed for them and you cared for them and you were with them in their suffering and then you come to find out at the end that you guys disagree on politics, on different belief systems, would you still love them the same? Would you still sit with them in their suffering or would you say, ah, unclean to me? Unclean to me. Does your life preach Jesus or does your life preach you can have Jesus if you're red or blue? Is it, does my life preach Jesus, only Jesus? Or is it, believe these things and Jesus and then I'm cool with you? Or is it, get all of Jesus and nothing else? Where are you at today? What if everyone, everyone in this room, everyone a part of Grace Community Church chose to have the attitude of if I don't, nobody will. If I don't go and pray for that person, nobody will. If I don't go and sit with that person who is alone right now, nobody will. If we all acted like that, no one would be in need. No one. One of the, I've, so I love, I love this passage. I love this story. And for that reason, I've watched countless messages on this because I just love to hear people's perspectives. I love to see how they preach it. And the common theme, and it's not a bad thing. I agree with it. But I also don't, but when I read it, I see it differently. They always preach that this woman had such courage. This woman was no fear, boldness. She didn't care about anyone. She was just storming through that crowd and she stood before Jesus. Right? Do you ever read in the Bible and it's like, fear not, do not fear, take heart, be courageous. And you're like, I can't do that right now. I've been suffering for way too long. I don't see a no fear, a courage, or crazy faith from this woman, honestly. I see a desperation for Jesus. Desperation. So if you're here today and you're simply desperate, if this was a last resort, that's good, and I'm glad you're here. It's okay to be desperate for Jesus. It's okay to be scared. It's okay to be afraid. God is not scared of your fears. He's not scared of your failures. He's not scared of your doubts. Do you have a desperation for Jesus? Do you? Ask yourself that. Is that. If I don't have Jesus, what would my life be? Would you still feel like you'd be all right? Do you have a desperation for God? That's what I see from this woman. Desperation. She had nothing else. Let me read verses 26 to 28 again. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. I'll stop there. The, the fact is that not only was this woman facing a lot of physical suffering, bleeding for 12 years, she was, a facing, she was facing a lot of emotional suffering that she was now unclean. No one could come in co into contact with her. She was also facing financial suffering. She had spent all she had on all the doctors, on all the good things that she should do, right? She did the right thing. She's suffering, she's sick, she's been bleeding for 12 years. She went to doctors and she spent all she had, but she was getting worse. What are you spending 
your life on to try and fix your suffering that isn't Jesus? What is it? And there might be good things. I'm not saying don't go to doctors. I'm not saying that. She did the right thing, but she was growing worse, and it's because she, hasn't, she hadn't visited the source yet. This is just how we are as humans is, okay, I'm facing this immense suffering, this immense pain. I need to do more of this, more of this, more of this, more of this, more of this. My identity is this, so I need to go to more Bible study, more small groups, church eight days a week. Those are all great things, and you should want to be around those things. I'm not dismissing those, but those things will not heal you if you are not going to the source of those things. She had spent all she had on these doctrines growing worse. So I don't see boldness. I don't see crazy faith. I don't see courage from this woman. She tried everything. It was desperation. She shouldn't have been there. Do you ever think about that? that if she touched anybody, they're unclean. And she's been like this for 12 years. You don't think the whole town knows what she is? The whole, all these Jewish people know she is unclean. I must come in no contact with her. But yet she went around a crowd. To me, that is not courage. That is a desperation to find one last resort. If Jesus is your last resort today, I'm happy he is because he won't fail you. What do you, what do you keep trying? Ah, I'm lonely, Aaron. So I'm just gonna keep going to my phone. Uh, relationships keep failing, so I'm just gonna keep going for it. What is it? This woman was acting out of beautiful desperation. Desire that today. So I like to think about this. This woman was most likely or definitely Jewish, meaning she knew the Old Testament, she knew the Torah, she knew the old law. Could it be, just let me present this, could it be that this woman knew the verse and the passage from the prophet Malachi in the Old Testament where it says, the son of righteousness will rise with healing in his wings. And the reason I mention that is because so a Jewish rabbi in those days would wear like a scarf type thing and at the end and at the end of his cloak as well as clothes they would have tassels and those were known as wings. Do you think she could have known that passage and she's like, I've tried everything and I'm desperate to be healed from this. I don't want to be known as unclean anymore. What if, what if I've heard that this man has been healing people. What if he is the one with healing in his wings? I'm just going to go and touch it. There was no, there's, no, there's nowhere in scripture where it says how to approach the, the, the future Messiah coming if he's the one with healing in his wings. So she didn't think, oh, I've got to go up to him and I've got to ask him in this way. She was like, I'm so desperate. I'm just going to try and touch him. 
And can you imagine? I bet there was a whole commotion happening if she was trying to get through. And they're like, that's the unclean woman. Don't touch her. Don't touch her. You're going to be unclean until sundown. And she's just trying to get through. And she's like, I'm desperate. You know, I'm, I'm a victim of this, of that sometimes I believe that as a Christian, as a pastor especially, that I should always be walking shoulders back, head up in bold faith. But sometimes I'm crawling in desperation just to touch a wing of my Savior's cloak. I just need a touch of you, Lord. Are you there today? You're amongst friends if you are. I'm going to read verses 29 to 34. Immediately, immediately, her bleeding stopped, and she felt in her body that she was freed from suffering. I want to bring you back to that word clean again. She was freed from her suffering, which means she now doesn't have the identity as unclean. She is cleansed. She is clean. Do you feel dirty today? Come and be cleansed. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned round in the crowd and asked, Who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding against you, his disciples answered, and you, let, and, and you can ask something like this, Who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet with courage and boldness. It says that she approached him and fell at his feet with trembling and fear and told him the whole truth. Are you going through some kind of suffering today that you're actually trembling with fear to even bring it to God about? Like, this is too messy. I've been dealing with this since I was in my really young years. Or I've been dealing with this for a week. I messed up last night. I'm trembling with fear to come to the Lord about this. I'm not worthy. She was still trembling with fear after she knows. It said she knew she was free from her suffering. Wouldn't you be like jumping around happy? She was still trembling. She didn't want to admit that, yes, I was unclean for 12 years. If you've ever been told you can only approach the throne of grace, the throne of Jesus, with no doubts, no fear, no questions, that is a lie. You can approach with trembling and with fear and with doubts and with worries and he's not scared of them, he welcomes them and he'll answer them and he will heal you from them and he will cleanse you, cleanse you white as snow. So which person are you today? Are you a person in the crowd? It's time to ask the Holy Spirit to convict you to look around Stop trying to just be with people like you. Stop trying to just sit with the same people every week. Look around. There's people suffering. I guarantee you, you could not go through more than two people in this room without finding out that someone is going through immense suffering. 
talk to each other, pray with each other. All she wanted was a touch from God. Imagine what you sitting next to someone would do. Not even just talking. That they show up lonely every week and you go and sit next to them. That's a touch of heaven if I've ever seen one. One of my favorite things about this is that this is proof to me. Proof. It is no debate to me that to be saved and to be healed and to be cleansed of all your unrighteousness from God comes from nothing but faith alone and grace alone. That's it. There's no works you have to do. This didn't say that this woman stormed through and she explained herself to God and then first she had to go and do all these things. She had to be in the temple for this long. She had to say this amount of prayers. It was she came and she touched him and the Lord was faithful to cleanse her and to heal her. There is nothing you have to do today to save yourself. Jesus has done it. And I'm so thankful that he has done it all and that we don't have to do anything because what would that do? It would pour pride into me. That Yeah, I'm saved because of what I did. I didn't do anything. But I came with nothing and I could just touch him and he cleansed me. So what's your identity today? Person who just says, I'm a depressed person, I'm an anxious person, that's all I'm always gonna be. That is not your name. Get a touch of Jesus and he is faithful to forgive. If I could have the elders and the prayer partners come forward now and just make yourself be seen real quick. I'm not going to say to you right now, it's time to come forward with all boldness and all faith and all courage and get prayer. Come forward with trembling and with fear. If that I've got nothing else. This is all that I have. I've been embarrassed to bring this up or maybe it's like I've been suffering from this for a day. I don't care if it was yesterday or 12 years ago, 20 years ago. It's time to come forward and get a touch of your Savior because he is faithful to cleanse you today. Would you all stand up with me as I pray? Lord, thank you that you're a faithful God. I thank you that you didn't see anyone and you don't see anyone as more significant to another. Lord, that you would choose to turn and look at us, sinners like us, to look at us and to cleanse us of our unrighteousness and to heal us from our suffering. Lord, I pray for my friends here who are dealing with suffering, of whatever kind of suffering it is, Lord, I pray that you would invade their hearts. Lord, would you give them the ability to just have enough energy to walk out and to be prayed for somebody. Lord, if they've been receiving lies, that is that they need to have everything together before they can approach your throne, Lord, would you rid them of that and show them that you don't need anything from them. You just need surrender. Lord, you welcome us crawling with trembling and fear, but you fill us with courage. Would you do that today?
Use this church, Lord. We love you. And every ounce of this is for your glory, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.